getting somewhere, then you put that... And welcome to A Reason to Talk with Chris Reason. Today is a tribute episode for Bray the Fiend Wyatt Rotunda. That's not his real name. Anyways. Ooh, nice. 100, 100 dice. Um, before we get into today's episode, I'm here with the lovely TVW World Champion, Joe, the Demon Slayer Hero. I, I am here, and I had sex with every single one of your mothers. That's why I am your father. And I'm here with Cabbage Rodney Angel. Uh, I'm here with Rodney Bajengas Cabbage, uh, injured Archangel Hawkins. Hi, hello. I'm just, I'm flabber. So, so you're flabbergasted. I, I am actually. I think he just said he's flabby. Oh, I can see that too. So you're the progenitor of the entire human race, pretty much, yeah. Mr. Uh, Demon Slayer over there. You've had sex with everyone's mother, so you're everyone's I, I father. I do what I want. No, just everyone on the podcast that's listening to the podcast. Oh, the, I was the entire say, world doesn't li- listen to this podcast. You, you owe me you a lot of birthday gifts. Did. We now have a billion lives. You know what? I, I reject what I said because I believe my brother and my mother both listen to this podcast. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> that'll so that'll I, make things I, interesting. Oh, God. Anyways... Before we get into this episode, let's book the sponsor here for Nostalgic Memories, a book of dreams and nightmares as poems, written by yours truly, now available on Amazon uh, for $14.99 and paperback $99 on Amazon Kindle, uh, unless you have Kindle Unlimited, I believe it is free at the moment. That is Nostalgic Memories, a book of dreams and nightmares as poems. Uh, if you like the dark poetry, anything like that, check it out today, $14.99. Get your copy today. Nostalgic memories, a book of dreams and nightmares as poems. So, so your book is paying my uh, my paycheck for this one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Buy this book. Buy the book. <laughs> Buy the book. Um, you guys each get two dollars. Uh. Anyways. Dude, I can go to Disneyland now. Woohoo! And maybe in Mexico. <laughs> um, They're not going to know the difference. It's money. They're not going to care. Because of pesos, are like uh, one. What is it? One peso is like a nickel here. Something like that, yeah. Something. Like, I don't know. Um, starting this off by saying rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Also Terry Funk, who died a day before him. Um, we're here to talk him. Like we're here to talk about him. We're here to uh, the parts we love, the parts that we find weird, but still love, and the one part we hate. <laughs> Uh, which is actually trying to true. I'm just going to start off the bat by saying that Hell in a Cell match with him and Seth Rollins. All red. I fucking hated that. That was the worst. That's probably the only thing I hated besides his character as Husky Harris. Um, but Bray Wyatt, great athlete for what he can do. Great storyteller and all that stuff. Uh, Cabbage, what's your favorite match? Wait, you, you didn't like seeing Husky Harris flying around big man in tights? You didn't like seeing that? I wasn't a big fan of the Nexus at the time. <laughs> it, no, I, I um, agree with you there. Um, actually, around that time, I stopped watching wrestling. See, that's what, that's what ironically, that's when I started back up to watching wrestling. Like, I stopped around uh, Jeff Hardy being WWE champion. That's around like when I stopped watching. Was that like 2012 or something like that? It was early, yeah, early 2000. And then when Nexus came along, I'm like... Huh. People who don't give a shit about shit. Yeah. 
Which, uh, the, that being said, with that whole air, uh, thing that happened with that, I also thought it was hilarious that Daniel Bryan got fired uh, for doing what he was told. Um, but also not doing what he was told. Because he went to go, he choked Justin Roberts with his own tie. Yeah. And they thought that it was too far. Even though they were told to do whatever they want and go destroy the arena like you're there to destroy the place. Yeah, they, they were literally told to just wreak mm. havoc, but he touched one. Like, they were they throwing the that, camera equipment yeah, around. They thought, were throwing they the cameraman around. They literally thought that was the uh, the bad thing, was the worst thing of that. Because didn't they beat the shit out of, like, some of the people, too? Yeah, it was, uh, Cena was out there. No, I'm, I'm talking about, like, didn't they beat up some of the cameramen and shit, too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they like, beat up everybody. They beat up the ref. They kicked the crap they out of the cameramen. The they did whatever. But, heaven forbid, Justin Roberts get a little too out of it, breath. It, it wasn't because of him, either. It was literally, they thought that was just bad. I call babies. I call bullshit. And then they pushed the story later on to where they, when they fought the Nexus, they brought Daniel Bryan back. Which, ironically, I watched that when I first saw that, and I'm like... Who's that again? <laughs> that the was, American uh, Dragon. First time in a long time that WWE actually uh, surprised me was when they brought Daniel Bryan back for the Survivor Series team because it was supposed to be the Miz. They made it out to be that it was the Miz that was going to be on that team. Yeah, they didn't do it. Yeah. Wasn't it because the Miz had a bitch fit about something or something? No, it's because the, the Miz... Uh, or didn't um, he have a match or something? Miz was like, well, I could do it. I could do it. And then they were like, no, we got Daniel Bryan. <laughs> we got a better better person in mind. And it started the feud between Daniel Bryan and the Miz. Ever since. like That's like the where they started like freaking out at each other on the talking smack or whatever. Yeah. Where he's like, if you want to go wrestle in the Indies, go wrestle in the Indies. What do you do? He went to wrestle in the Indies. <laughs> um, but back to Bray. Um... What was your favorite match? Um, I don't... It was an episode of Raw. And, like, I, I've... I know I've talked to you about this ad nauseum, but it was an episode of Monday Night Raw. It was Bray Wyatt teaming up with Roman Reigns to fight... I think Sheamus was one of the people. And it was one other person. And the way they ended the match was... It was, it was so synchronized and so choreographed so beautifully that Bray Wyatt hit Sister Abigail in the opposing corner. And as soon as he hit the move, he went for the pin. He signaled, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and the other, uh, whoever it was, they did the traditional, you know, go in the ring and stop the pin. And he signaled to Roman Reigns to hit the spear. And he just, like, pointed. He basically, like, triggered it. And yeah, Roman Reigns just went, right, boom. Yeah, right after the Sister Abigail, I remember that. And Bray Wyatt just, like, hit him. He hits him, they win the match, and it was just... Yeah, he, ti- yeah, he timed that so perfectly to, like for Roman to go for the spear. Sure. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, because he wasn't even looking, and he just goes... Phew. Yeah, he, he was he was facing, like, I think one of the... He, he was just looking off, and he's just like, toosh. And it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to have to say that mine uh, was the... I forgot what I, I had now. I did love the hit, him against Cena and the whole um, WrestleMania with the Firefly Funhouse. That was probably my favorite because I love that work and that made him creepy, made the Fiend creepy, made scenarios that you never thought you'd see, like the um, Cena in the NWO and shit like that. And I just thought that worked. 
um, or even bringing back the old tights that he wore. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, with the, with the, the current hair, that was fucking weird. Uh, I thought it looked funny as hell. Well, Cena's fucking weird anyways right now with his hairstyle and the balding. I was going to say, that's because he's going bald, man. Um, you can see it in the back of his head. Yeah. It's kind of sad. No, really. It's called We're Getting Fucking Old. Um, yeah. Dude, I weird. am 27. You leave me the fuck alone. Dude, you are older than my apps. Right, I'm, anyway. I, I, no, I'm 27 and I already got grays. Yeah, and you're buckle. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. That made no sense. I'm sorry. I'm out I, I take that one back. This conversation. Um... But yeah, I love that the whole got the whole world in his hands with this, that around the time when he was doing that too. That was great. Um, and the whole crowd singing it that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, what was yours? Mine is the Hell in the Cell match with Roman Reigns. Uh, apparently, we all just like Bray Wyatt going against the biggest names. <laughs> the biggest names. But yeah, it, that's two of the three, uh, two thirds of the shield. I mentioned Seth Rollins before. Okay, I didn't say I liked it, but <laughs> but anyways, did he ever compete against Dean Ambrose in a, a pay per view singles I'm match? Sure he's he got probably had to, yeah. Uh, we haven't. I can't think of anything off. The no, top I of I can't I can't. If he did, all I can think of is just weekly programs, not any pay per view matches. Wait, was it? Didn't the Wyatt family fight the Shield? Yeah, yeah, uh, they they the had Wyatt a family had a feud with a uh, Shield. Um, yeah, because they did like a table TLC something. I could have swore, unless that was somebody else. No, may, no, I, I actually I don't know if they did go against the Shield. But I know there was an there was an episode of Raw where they had a. I think they started the rivalry. Yeah. Because there was a big promo. It was like the opening of the episode. It was a gigantic promo with the Wyatt family and the Shield, and they were just going the the standard back and forth. Yeah. But um, you said Hell in a Cell? The, yeah, the Hell in a Cell where it was Bray Wyatt against Roman Reigns. Um, it, it's the first time I saw a Roman Reigns match, and I was like, wow, he's actually really good. Um Bray Wyatt's storytelling in that. Uh, I mean, that that's all, all uh, Bray Wyatt was. I'm not sure how well he could wrestle, like Matt wrestle, catch his catch can, and whatever he can do. Because um, physically, the moves that he can do, like the spider walking. Yeah. That, that, that is a for a man his size to do that, like, I mean, he's not that big. I, I, I mean, me and him are were probably the same size, and I was like, yeah, I need to try doing that. And it took me a while to actually get that going and um, to be able to spider walk like that. But he, that was just part of his character, and he would do it midway through a match mm-hmm. at the end of the match. So um, and he like, should be tired, but it, no, he decides to, to spider walk. Yeah, yeah, decides to spider walk and just creep everyone out. And. Um, Absolutely love it. Like I'm a big horror fan, and so a character like that is really nice to see in wrestling. Like sometimes you see it in wrestling, and it's just like, no, it's dumb. Like uh, I can't think of it. Like like Seven when Dustin Rhodes did it. I mean, Boogeyman. I love Boogeyman, and same with Papa Shango. See, here's the thing though, with Seven and WCW, that wasn't. It was a horror type gimmick. 
But Dustin he was Rose, peeping in on kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it was creepier than fuck. You're like you're a pedophile. You're not a whore. And then Dustin Runnels or Rhodes, whatever. Um, I I think he was sick of gimmicks because he went from doing Goldust. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, I'm back in WCW. I can be my normal self again. Well, I think that was um, I I think that was part of the character because the whole production for seven, um, that, that was big. I mean, he floated to the ring. Yeah. So that I, I don't think they wanted to do that every single time he came to the ring. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what happened with seven. He was, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't he known as, um, what was his name in TNA? Black rain? African American rain? Yeah, no, something like that. that. It was yeah. like a silver and uh, black uh, version of gold dust. Yeah, and that was when he was heavy into believe, drugs and alcohol because he sure. gained, he gained weight um, like compared to his normal original days as gold dust or even now as Dustin Rhodes. He he was a lot heavier. Was say, he looks amazing right now. Um, and I I don't even know what kind of gimmick that was supposed to be because it was supposed to be like him and like Abyss were fighting and shit like that, but then. I don't know. Like, Bray Wyatt is one of the great gimmicks for that. Like, you had the spider walk, and then you had him do the his creation with the Fiend, and stuff like that. Okay, <coughs> so, Bray Wyatt, um, as the spider walk with the horror gimmick, worked really well. Um, and then him taking it almost to another level with when he came back as the Fiend. With a with the two different personalities with the Firefly Funhouse mm-hmm. and then turning it into the Fiend, it's a great horror gimmick. Hell, he he's uh, Undertaker in that yeah. sense was uh, not towards the end really, but like in the beginning, Undertaker was definitely uh, almost like a horror gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bray did that very very well. The random. Um, uh, match he had, I believe, it was with Randy Orton, where they put like the the projection onto the ring. Yeah, that was at a WrestleMania. Um, was it when it, his face was just projected onto the the the, the floor of the no, the mat of the ring? Yeah, I, I was it his face? face? I know there was like maggots at one point or something. It, like it that. was something. I remember that happening, but I thought it was like his face or something, uh, and it just freaked Randy Orton the fuck out. Um, which I get. Um, I was actually in the crowd for that that match, and we had no idea what the hell was going on. Oh my god, that must have been one hell of an experience. <laughs> we had no clue. Well, that was would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, um, there is a lot that he's done. I never really liked his gimmick as Husky Harris. He was just another dude. Sure. But then again, I don't think he really showed anything off that he could do. No, that's. I think that's when WWE was in 100% control of his character, or else who would name themselves Husky? <laughs> Good joke. Good question. Sounds like you're naming yourself after your dog. <laughs> like, fuck it. I'll be my dog. Uh, um, is it bad, though, that I... I don't know why, but the, the Sister Abigail maneuver itself, the whole spider walk into it... Oh, like the, the setup for it? Yeah, yeah I... I don't know why, but I always thought it was creepier before he became the Fiend when he did it. Oh, 100%. For some yeah. reason, like, the mask because, because made it creepy, but, like, before the Fiend, when it was just the Wyatt family, 
When he did it then, it was so much freakier. 100%. Because you also had the fact that it was newer. Oh, yeah. Like you expected him to do that as the fiend. And you didn't think it was going to be scary because, one, you're like, eh, he does this all the time. <laughs> um, that move, um, I can't remember the name of the move without the gimmick name of Sister Abigail. Because uh, no Caucasian, um, Jay White, does it too, and I think... Think they named it after his nickname, the Switchblade? I don't even. Remember. Yes, I, I believe that's what it's called. Um, he does it, and then someone else does it. Do you remember the actual name of that move, though? No. I, yeah, I, I, I was thinking so. STO, but that's um, the other direction. Um, it's almost like a flatliner, or like a spinning flatliner. But like, Braze is to this day, and probably will be for a long ass time, the best. Uh, version of it that I've seen someone do it. Yeah. Um, the whole way he spins gets the person to go with him in the motion. Fucking fantastic. Um, the Sister Abigail part of it where he does the spider walk even puts it over even more like, ah, you're fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you see finishers nowadays, you're like, yeah, cool. So what, John Cena hit the AA? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you've seen that for how many fucking years, too? Um, but nope. you, you know when certain people hit certain moves, like especially with that, you never really saw many people. Yeah, it's more of a it's it really is a protected move. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I I can't remember anybody really kicking out of right. that move. Um, that being said, when they had him do the mandible claw, uh huh, it was a hell of a lot different than the mankind version. Mankind almost just looked like you just put his hand in your head off. Yeah. Didn't even try, like, uh, pulling on, like, your jaw or what. But the, like, Mankind did squeal with it. Yes, which kind of helped. Yeah. Oh, like, actually, more than kind he, of. He was trying to be a creepy dentist. Let me see what's going on in your teeth now. Yeah, he's trying to be uh, Kane's gimmick before Kane. <laughs> and before, um, uh, uh, Diesel 2 or fake Diesel. Now, do you know who originated that move? The Mandible Claw? The Mandible Claw. No. Sam Shepard. He was, uh... Have you guys ever seen the movie The Fugitive? Yes. He, he was pieces, the movie yeah. that he was the guy that that movie was based off of. He got cleared of not because he didn't kill his wife, but uh, like he got cleared of that, and then he became a professional wrestler, <laughs> and uh, his gimmick was a psychotic killer because everybody assumed he did it. Yeah, and then he used the, his finisher was a mandible claw. Hmm. Might as so, well make something good out of it if people think you're it, a psychopath. It, exactly. No, is that like? I'm assuming was it like the the mankind version? Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense then. But like, um, it, it the squeal helped him put his arm there. But then like the way Bray did it, where he pushed you to the ground. Yeah. And that, like, kind actually. of with the force to make it look better. Yeah. Um, the only thing I thought was weird was making it a pin and sometimes and not like a submission or like a knockout. Um, which I get, because it's like some of those submissions where you're like, oh, the person passed out, he's not getting back up. Yeah. Um, so turning it into a pin, I mean, it, it's nice. It makes makes sense. With the knockout part, part yeah. yeah. Or the pass out part, which that part makes sense. But I thought it was different. And like, But he did a very fucking good job at it. Yeah, he absolutely um, did. In my opinion, though, did he need that move? No. No. Sister Abigail worked. Um, but I, I think that's more of a way to separate himself from the different gimmick. The from different the fiend from Bray Wyatt? Yeah. yeah. I get that. 
Um, and then there was also one thing for that is that his senton, his running senton, yeah, one of the best, um, or even the best. I've seen like Chris Hero does does it. Mm-hmm. His ain't bad. Akira Tozawa for him being a smaller person and doing like the whole full force of like jumping straight up in the air to do it, or even the diving senton that he does. Uh, Samoa Joe does that too. Yes, he does uh, a good yeah, one. Yeah, he does it really well. Um, the yeah, I mean, it really doesn't. Um, it it really I don't even know. <laughs> he could get it, height. It, it, I'll say that well, much. Well, yeah, but he, he got height. Jump, so he like just leaps into it almost. I know. Just... What I well, yeah, what I wanted to say was his move set wasn't as extensive as like a Daniel Bryan or or a Kurt Angle. Or like it, like a technical wrestler almost. But what he did, he did very well. Yeah, he was a ring, great so, fucking storyteller, yeah. and he used it. Yeah. Um, nobody ever said the whole five moves of doom stuff with him because of that. Um, yeah. um, he's not not only that like. One one thing he always did too was, if the crowd made a noise, or the crowd recognized or acknowledged something that was going on, he always like gave them a he, nod. Right, or, he he would like yep. Like at his WrestleMania match with John Cena, when the crowd just starts singing, he's got the whole world in his hands. He just like he just steps away from John Cena tur- and just turns to the crowd and starts dancing. It's Good stuff, and when the when he was a feed, fiend, and like during his mer- first match with Finn Balor, mm-hmm. like uh, he gets in the corner and the crowd, uh, like either says "yowie zowie" or something. Like right. I, I remember him stopping for a bit, like right before he does a move, and just turns to the crowd and looks at them and acknowledges that they are getting his character. It, it's like it's little nuances like that that. Uh, shows that he really understands the business and really understands why he's there and doing the moves. And along with that, he w- uh, the interactions I see with the fans, like where he um, shows up to the building and the fans are there and he goes and takes pictures with the kids. And uh, no matter how the fans treat him, or like, hey, take a picture with my kid, pick him up, or whatever, that... He he was always very kind with the fans and mm-hmm. there was there was a video I saw yeah. that where he there uh, some fans were standing behind the barricade when he showed up and he goes okay he just move, he just opens the barricade yeah. and like <laughs> unhooks the barricade he's like yeah sure let's get some pictures man <laughs> yeah exactly it, like it, it, like he takes time for the fans which not all wrestlers do and no. especially when he's this big monster of a man and oh just, god yeah. Yeah, like, but the funny thing is, you would never guess it because in the Wyatt family, he's the small one. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's the because, smallest guy. Luke, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, and Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard were like what six nine? Yeah, like, Brian, they, they were huge. Strowman, uh, was is that tall too? Like yeah. everybody in that group is just huge. And then they brought Randy Orton in, who's another very tall guy. <laughs> and, and Bray Wyatt's, uh, what is he, 6'3"? And, yeah. uh, and in the land of giants, yeah. he just looks small. But. Yeah, they, they dwarfed him. But Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty interesting. That also brings up, um, like, my, my For You page on TikTok, all I've been seeing are, like, in honor of and, like, tribute tattoos mm-hmm. for Bray Wyatt. And one of the ones I saw was... um. It was like the two gloves, 
and one of them said hurt and heal. Yeah. It was a, I, I think it was a the one of the quotes that he did from his last like little in ring promo. Uh, yeah, and it said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here. It says something along the lines of, "I am the red in a world full of black and white." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was absolutely amazing. That 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 was during one of his earlier promos. He said that we're in. Uh, um, he said, "In a world full of black and white, I am the red." I thought it was absolutely and that, amazing. That, that that line right there is. Let, let's just start talking about the promos because he's—that's he's, what made him a great storyteller too. Besides doing the the acknowledging of the crowd, the whole yeah. scary spider walk, the the sister Abigail into the sister Abigail, um, his promos are great. Even when he started doing the horror movie version of Mister Rogers, yeah. I was like, what is going on? And then I'm like watching this, and I'm like, okay, this is good. This is creepy. This is entertaining, first of all. And you're just like, I can keep watching this. Yeah. Um, when, when he started doing that, my I remember my brother calls me, and it's just like, dude, you need to see this. You need to watch these promos that Bray Wyatt's doing. And at that time, I was working way uh. too much. And... Um, when he called me, he said, "There's a YouTube video with them all on there. Like, you, it's like a half an hour video. Just watch that." And I remember watching that, and then trying to go to bed, and then wait, <laughs> getting back up and watching it again because <laughs> he captured my attention and just watching it over and over again. It, it was he. He can do that. I mean, when he came back with the Uncle Howdy mask, yeah. And he, when he, he just came back and that it was a minute 50, I believe after the pay-per-view was over. I can't tell you the number of times I just watched that over and over again. It, it, it was awesome. And it gave me goosebumps. Like that's, that's, that's the awesome thing too. Like we know, we know uncle Howdy's Bo Dallas, um, Wait, what? You're right. I'm sorry, it's actually me. Um, I had no idea. Shut up. <laughs> but no, like, uh, my question is, is Bo Dallas going to do a background? Not a question, but like a background with that? Because it fit him doing Uncle Howdy. It worked. fit the character with Bray Wyatt in the feed. Like, yeah. I didn't expect it. Because yeah, I'm, so, I'm so thinking... Bodell's playing the believe gimmick. Oh, All yeah. All you gotta do is believe. And then the funnier part about that, too, is that <laughs> he got pushed so far down the mid-card um, from being NXT champion. Yeah. And the fact that, granted, a lot of it was probably because of, uh, Vince was in creative control or more power in Wait, Bodell's? Yeah, yeah. Bo- 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 he was NXT what? champion. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, he yeah. was NXT champion for a long time. Yeah, Pop wow. beat him. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, or Adrian Neville at the time. Um, for the championship, I believe. Uh, and then Neville had it for a while, and then I, f- I, I, I think... that Was that before or after the Sami Zayn reign? I can't remember who was It champion. was before. Well, no, I'm trying to remember if, who beat Pac. Was it Sami Zayn? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay, that's and what then, I was thinking. And then Kevin Owens beat him like yeah. right away. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, you had him being that, and then you had him be so far down the mid card, and I'm all, all I'm thinking is the B team, the Social Outcast, 
the bully crap. Um, and I'm like, him is Uncle Howdy? Like, he has that range to do it? Like, yeah. I'm like, Uncle Howdy hasn't really done much because he didn't get to see much. But I'm still like, all right, let's give it a shot. This actually ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, and then I really was thinking at one point that I'm like, I kind of wish they did that. Uh, like, um, someone was mentioning before he passed to do another Bray, or another Wyatt family with, like, Alexa Bliss, bring her back in. Um, oh, oh, with the uh, Wyatt Six? Yeah. And then, the, like, something like that. The, there are so many rumors and ideas going out there for those, and in all reality, I don't think anybody but Bray knew yeah. 100% what was going on or or what was it. And the weird part is, we'll never know. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's that's the very sad part. And back to what you're saying about the tattoos and memorial one, there was that um, the video and like image I, I think I showed you, yeah, where like everybody's getting the Firefly logo, which I I want that now. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely gonna get that at some point. Um, I yeah. even have a spot picked out for mine if I if I get it. Forehead. Yes. Okay. No. Your left cheek. Not your butt cheek, your left face cheek. <laughs> I was gonna do the left knee. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> nah, I, I got a spot right behind my like my right shoulder blade back there. I was gonna put it right there. I was thinking about like the inside of my like right bicep area. Like right, right here. Kind of. Cool. Um, but anyways, that that there's so much immemorial stuff. I I saw a lot more when he passed. Um, stuff on my for you page on TikTok and Facebook and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I'm still getting here and there. Like, I saw that same uh, quote. Yeah. And I'm just like, God. And then that being <clears> said, <throat> the tribute show, um, you had Rey Mysterio doing two moves of his. Yeah. He did the, I believe, that crossbody that he would do. That that crossbody. For a big man doing one to crossbody that wasn't just, let me jump in the air mm-hmm. and see if you can do it. And he just does the full force of, like, running. Or even the... Uh, the one where he would do it where like they're running from behind and he quickly turns around into it yeah I thought that was pretty cool um and just perfected by him but then you also had Ray do the senton which Ray doing a a running senton like Bray Wyatt was kind of weird yeah but I get what he was doing um and then besides that you had so many people mention Colts in it Mm -hmm. and LA Knight even did that one where he's like run yeah. Um, and I believe, I think one of you guys mentioned this when we weren't doing this, but wasn't L.A. Knight the last match he had? Yeah, was the pitch L.A. Black Knight match was the last... the last match he had. Yep. And for him, for L.A. Knight to pay tribute, it's really cool. Oh, yeah, and like almost like the honorable thing to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, that I mean, that's got to be tough to carry with you that you were somebody's last match. Oh, God, yeah. That, I mean... That's going to live in the back of your head forever. Who was it, too, that said, like... uh, um, I can't even think of it. Two people... Two people has had their last... He's had two people's last match. Like, it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I know, that's, like, really struggling, too, because that's, like... um, I I gotta look this up. But, like, um, who's the other one I'm thinking? Had last matches with... I'm probably not gonna find it. No, it's too, probably, <laughs> but um, it's too far back in the annals of history. 
Like, like Goldust and Bri- uh, was Brian Pillman's last match. Oh, oh. Yeah. was he really? Yeah, I did not know that. Um, Eddie, let me find out who Eddie Guerrero. I wanted to know. You'll never find it. Russell last. Oh, I forgot about that. So Ken Anderson. Oh yeah, Ken Anderson. Yeah. Uh, fought um, Eddie Guerrero last. Um, I don't remember who Owen Hart was gonna fight when he passed. Owen Hart was supposed to fight the Godfather for the Intercontinental Belt. Oh, and that's where he uh, at. Um, I can't remember the paper. Here. No way out. No way out. And that's when he was did it? the whole. I thought it was over the top. No. Or over the edge. Oh, it may it may have been, but. Either way. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember who he fought last before that, but it was just like. Oh God! Like, and then um, I want to know how Godfather felt about that too. Yeah. Um. Just making his way out to the ring and that that happens. Yeah, it's yeah, got to be rough. And then Jeff Jarrett having to go out there after. Yeah. Him and Deborah were just weeping in the back and like, <laughs> go out and wrestle. Yeah, a lot of people were pissed at uh, Vince for that too, because they're like, we're gonna keep the show going. Um. But no, besides in this that, crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then um, L.A. Knight, there was somebody else that paraphrased him. Yeah. I can't there were so many. I think it was Montez Ford. No, not Montez Ford. Big uh, man Dawkins? Who? Dawkins, maybe? Angela Dawkins? I don't remember. Um, but they mentioned like him, too. And I'm like, that was just random for them to quote him. Not really random because it was a tribute show, but like... Yeah, I just don't see him quoting him, you know? No, but see, that's what I like to see is that, like, a lot of, you know, the casual fans, they think that everything you see on screen is, you know, what happens. Yeah. Not a lot of people, like, think about the fact that, sure, there are a lot of legitimate backstage beefs between superstars that yeah. happens, but a lot of the time, they all care about each other. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, it's they're a family. family. Like, and not a lot of people, you know, look deep enough to see that fact. They just see what happens on screen. They're like, oh, these people hate each other. No, they were probably best friends, and you'd never know. Yeah, that's like um, when we were talking about, uh, we mentioned this outside of here, but like I've read like people were pissed about how they treated Terry Funk because he died the day before, and they didn't really do anything besides show him on the screen and do like a slight um, tribute, I believe. Um, and they did more for Bray. And like I remember you saying about how like how yeah uh, like a quarter maybe yeah the um the looking at that locker room there's probably about 10 people that actually shared a locker room with Terry Funk like um and the and uh, and everybody in that locker room shared a locker room with Bray, Bray Wyatt yeah they they had matches with him they they had lunch with him they they saw him every day that he was there they like they they worked with him right like, so it, it's kind of like your brother dying and Terry Funk is kind of like the strange uncle that you never really met. Oh yeah, like everybody, everybody loved and respected Terry, but not everybody got to know who Terry Funk was. And Bray Wyatt, they knew who he was. I mean, they worked with him. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's different, but I mean, at the same time. He was a respectable. Yeah, I've been getting them recently. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it, it with Terry Funk, they probably would have had the ten bell salute. That's I mean, and then and the, uh, the but, whole like tribute package video. Or yeah, but I mean, yeah, one uh, one somebody that was actually working with them passed, and so unexpectedly at seventy nine, when somebody dies, it's kind of expected, but at thirty six. Oh yeah, no, you don't expect that. You, you never that expect that, that. That and the fact that um, I, I believe this is how he passed. I'm not 100 percent sure if it was uh, accurate. Cause I looked up a long time ago or a while ago. Um, I believe he died from like a heart attack, led from complica- complications from COVID yeah. earlier this year. Um, but I mean, to that extent, um, my grandma and my friend Scott. My my boss, my friend, my coworker, you know, mm-hmm. um, they died in the same year. Um, yeah, my grandma, my grand, my grandma was sick. She had cancer going into it. it um, but when Scott died, he went home and shoveled and had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, five years later. I'm still very affected by his death, but when my grandma died, I kind of was at peace with it. So, um, it, it's I, I probably like, the same way with Terry that, Funk and right. And, I feel like with that sense too, you like you down the line. No offense, but you like you knew your grandma was dying. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then like it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that is the thing with Bray because like he had COVID the beginning of the year. Yeah, and and then you, we saw him a couple times already, and he was fine. Well, at least we thought he was fine. Um, like in at was he at the last WrestleMania where he did the? Um, no, he no, he wasn't. He was actually injured in, during the match, I believe. Okay, the, so like the, we still saw him the pitch African American match. <laughs> we still saw him um, wrestle a couple times this year. Yeah, and then next thing you know, just out of the blue, heart attack. Yeah, and it just it hurts more. It's it's. And this, um, I mean, this is coming from people that well, I've never met him. Yeah, personally, I've watched him wrestle on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've gone to a live show where he was at either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hurts for us because as fans, yeah, like we didn't we didn't expect it. He's also one of the people that like kept you interested in wrestling. Um, going into that, it. Uh, I'm oh, I, I um I was out of wrestling and I th- I think after Kurt Angle left WWE I kind of lost interest in it for a long time. I I got married in 2007. I got I was going to say that was probably around 2006, 2007 that he left. I I moved moved to Arizona. I I mean I was doing I had so much real life stuff going on that I kind of fell away from wrestling and I at, at that point I didn't miss it. Right. Like, I, I would watch indie wrestling. I'd watch the Ring of Honors. I would watch um, whatever and catch an episode every once in a while and never really caught my interest. Um, one day I was sitting around with with my um, old roommate Marion and we were just flipping through channels and we flipped through the channel and um, we saw Bray Wyatt doing a promo and I was just like, well. Let's watch this for a second. And during that during that time, he was talking to the crowd about a teacher that he had that um, 
basically tearing them down. And uh, that resonated with me. And I was, because I had a teacher that held me in from recess and basically told me that I wasn't going to make it anywhere in life. She used, used that word to a eight-year-old kid. And, by the way, I started to interrupt, but kind of a teacher does that to you. Yeah. It's, like you're, you're supposed to be helping them, trying to guide them, and you're just like, you're not going to make it. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it to me, it's really, really shitty. And um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> like for a third-grade teacher to s- say that. My brother teaches fourth grade. And every time I every time I went in to go visit that classroom, I just imagined myself looking at one of those kids and being like, "You're not going to do anything with your life," you, and and couldn't do that. No, like the kid could anger me, and it still to destroy him because like you're telling an eight year old he's not going to make it anywhere. How? And that's somebody with yeah. an authority telling you that. That that and also being said, like it's with insane. You, with you getting that yourself happening to you. Yeah. Um, I feel like even if you tried to, you couldn't because like you've been there. Yeah. And then like you couldn't think that I couldn't think that. That's no, not, it, that's it, not, that hasn't happened to me like that. But like I definitely could not be like, okay, all it, right. <laughs> even to this day, I think I I have lots of confidence issues. Yeah. Like, I I really do, and. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with that moment in my life with that when that happened. But let's get back to Bray Wyatt. Well, we can talk about this some other point. But um, Bray Wyatt, during that interview, he said he talked he Mentioned. talked back to his teacher and like, and at that moment, it's like, wow, wow, I like this. And then the crowd went from hating him to cheering him by the end of that promo. Yeah, and for somebody to be able to do that, it's really cool. Um, and that actually brought me back to watching wrestling. Like, I had no interest in watching wrestling until I saw Bray Wyatt, and I was like, "Wow, this is what it's like." And it was Bray Wyatt really that was like that. <laughs> but I would tune in all the time to watch this. I would watch his matches and see the evolution into the the fam- the Wyatt family and watch the New Day. I got I got to see other things right, because, because Bray Wyatt brought me back. Yeah. That's like, um, for me, I stopped watching wrestling around 2012, give or take. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I ended up probably... What Bray helped me get back. Yeah. But what uh isn't gonna sound funny, what I start got me back into watching wrestling was deathmatch wrestling and I'm like, alright, this this shit's ridiculous. Yeah. Um yeah. let's see how far it can go. And then I timed in and I'm like, you know what? I've been watching this, it's got me back into watching wrestling. Let me check out WWE again. Bray definitely kept me in there. Him and the entire Wire family, because I was a huge fan of Luke Harper or Brody Lee, mm-hmm. um, and seeing him in there, and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's fucking familiar. Like, I've seen his shit uh, in uh, CCW slash Ring of Honor and Chikara. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. It's like, hey, I know you. <laughs> it's just like, that, and it helped, too. I went to a Dragon Gate USA show, and Brody Lee was there. That was the first time I saw him, and he just... 
clothesline the crap out of these, his, <laughs> these his, people. His discus clothesline. Yeah. And then uh, works, especially pulling it out in those tag team matches. Mm-hmm. And then um, with, uh, I think even with Bray doing it and Eric Rowan, um, phenomenal. He had the, in my opinion, probably the best discus clothesline. Sure. Um, Watching those connections made my head hurt. Well, yeah, but well, it, it hurt. Yeah. You you do, you don't want to like anybody swinging arms. Like, nope, I'm out. No, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start like spinning around, you're like, nope, I'm done. And, and, but no offense to Natalia, when she did it, I'm just like, mm-hmm. that looks like shit. Yeah, like she did it so slow that I'm just like, yeah, that looks like you did not put any effort into it. And with Brody Lee slash Luke Harper doing it, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that that, that could that could take off someone's head. Yeah. Um, and then when they paired them three together, which is so captivate, captivating, so mm-hmm. I was like, this this is definitely keeping me interested. Yeah. Um, and it, and I'm just like, okay, let's keep going. And, and I, 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 to this day, I don't think I've watched a full episode of Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't watching highlights. So I used to be a huge fan of NXT mm-hmm. when they had it on the network. Yeah, and, and, and then and then it became NXT 2.0, and and then it was on the USA. And then man had to stop watching that. Yeah, it it it, it, it just stopped doing good. But yeah. um, I mean, you you can see Bray Wyatt's influence in wrestling right oh, now. I 100%. mean, just look at Joe Gacy in NXT. Yeah, that that that, that I mean, whole um, I believe that's still a stable, isn't it? Yeah, Joe Gacy. Um, I can't remember who the heck's in it. Uh, the the or world's great. No, no. What's the name? No, uh, grizzled young veterans and grizzled. Ava, the rock daughter. The rock, yeah, <laughs> the rock daughter. The whatever rock. her name is. Yeah, <laughs> um, she she's in that, and I mean, I can't remember the name of that stable though. It's symbionic, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and that alone, holy crap! Joe Gacy, even before that, in the indies, based his gimmick around. Bray Wyatt, yeah. Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt got uh, got it from. Um... It, it was it, Dan Spivey had uh, came out as Wailing Mercy, yeah, and then got brain cancer, so he had to stop doing that. Um, but it it was it was loosely based off yeah. of that movie with Robert De Niro, um, um, uh, Fear something, uh, Cape Fear, Cape Fear, yeah, um, um, like like. Bray Wyatt, our, our Dan Spivey came up with that gimmick, and it was perfected by Bray, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, because I know Bray even asked him for permission, mm-hmm. and you could even, you could see the similarities. Oh yeah, just the way he talked, the the way he dressed, everything about that was perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it worked. Um, schism. Schism. Oh, yes. Schism. Schism. Yes. Schism. Well, I, for a second, I was like, what? Is the he just saying you? words? No, I, he's, he's, he's trying to still be at the podcast. And just, no, I, I looked up the. I, know, oh, I looked up uh, spinning reverse STO. That's the name. That's what. That's the. the, that's the, that's the technical. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Yeah, I looked up that too. I'm like, what exactly is Sister Abigail? It's a spinning reverse wow, STO. Look at cabbage. Actually, doing some research. Cabbage. Like I told him look to do in other podcasts that he never did. Yeah, spinning reverse uh, STO. <laughs> but yeah, that's good to know too because he he does have the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, it's amazing. 
Um, I would not want to be on the receiving end. But his character, like, that's why I didn't think at first with him doing The Fiend and Firefly Firefly Funhouse, I was so used to the uh, whole Will and Mercy style shape here. Then I'm just like, ah, oh, this is gonna. No, nope, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I will say one of my favorite things was when, uh, when they the the when they would do their entrance as the Wyatt family, you'd see them on the screen and it'd be blacked out and they'd say, you know, we're here, whatever city, yeah, yeah. we're here. And then he'd blow the uh, lantern blow it out. out, but walk out with a lantern on. Yeah, never understood that. I'm thinking it was magic. Not, it's magic. Uh, Nigel McGuinness was with the company for a while. Yeah. No, dude, yeah, it's it's it it's magic. voodoo, man. They live in the so, swamp. It's some hoodoo voodoo mumbo jumbo. So, um, yeah, I mean, j- just that the ambience that would come in there, like just watching that, and then everyone with their lights on. Yeah, the, fi- the, fi- the, the fireflies. The I would literally yeah. get chills just watching that. It uh, yeah. was amazing. Uh, that. Gave me also um, reminiscence of family reunions. Yes, I can do it. The Undertaker. Yeah, he had the dark entrance. Yeah. he had the uh, and, and the slow, and then they, and then stoic they walk. Doing it whenever it got dark, and where they did those like um, uh, surprise returns, and they turned the lights off like the Sabu. So yeah, the, pretty much everybody in ECW when they made a surprise return. Um, like with the Rock when he. Returned to host WrestleMania too. They did the same thing. Oh, they, with the lightning, yeah. Yeah, they killed and then the they, entire arena. That, but the, it fit his gimmick. Not just not just fans just doing it when it's dark. It fit the gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. no, yeah, that, that was part of what made it all uh, a tantalizing experience. Yeah, and ju- just even them walking down to the music that they walked at, like that was perfect music. Just like just the chilling, slow. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck you would call that. Swamp music. <laughs> la- la- last night, last night, I-, I was just sitting in bed watching videos of entrance his entrances, and so, like like his spookiest moments. They had that on um the on Peacock for a while for like at for the week after his death, and there was a lot of it was just him being Bray Wyatt, oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, him yeah. walking to the ring, him. <laughs> Oh, or uh, the the kids going around the cage and singing to John oh, Cena. Oh God! And then that one part where uh, fucking where they did that, and then Cena goes to open the cage, and the the one kid's like standing in front of him, <laughs> yeah. and it has the oh, world. It's like the, the deep like edited uh, voice. That was straight up Poltergeist vibes for me. Oh, I'm yeah, like, absolutely. oh my God. God, that was great. And then um, I just love the fans singing that too. Yeah, I mean, tribute to him. And then I, I, I believe I showed you and Cabbage um, that video where Fozzie was doing a concert, and they just the yeah, and the crowd said, yeah, singing and, and yeah. then like just do it. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, did I don't even think Jericho did Jericho ever work with Bray? I don't even know. I want to say yeah, maybe they were in the same company for a bit. I don't remember them working a, a few matches or anything together. They they definitely could have because. When Jericho was in WWE, anytime somebody interested him, like he would do it. He would do it. Like he'd push for like, it. Like um, yeah. the, the guy from Chicago that he wanted to work with. Yeah. Um, he he actually came out of retirement to work with that guy. I, I, I'm not saying his name. Okay. I, was, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I really thought you meant somebody j- else. Just like I won't say my third grade teacher's name because I won't give that demon credit. Credit. Joe Schmo. I, I won't from Chicago. I won't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Phil. Phil, yeah. Phil from Chicago. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I, yeah. I, 
because yeah, you're not supposed to say the demon's name because that, that gives them more power. Oh yeah, and I don't want to give them that power. So, um, like, like I know if somebody interested Jericho at all, he wouldn't want to work with him. So. Yeah. Um, and then I know Bray worked with a lot of people. I was at first confused with the Alexa Bliss part. Yeah, but it didn't also, end up perfect. Yeah, it, 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 I thought they were going to pull it off where she was Sister Abigail. Uh, That's what everyone I think was expecting because you'd see the silhouette yeah. uh, in the vignettes. You'd see the silhouette in the chair and then it rocking back and forth. Thing over yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought maybe they'd, they'd you know find a way to the the original Sister it. Abigail um, was supposed to be uh, Evelise from from. Uh, um, oh, I know. That, what you're talking about. And then they because she was in, she was in Tough Enough. Yeah, and that was around that time. Um, and then uh, after Tough Enough. She's on Indies and then Lucha Underground. And she she was she was still working with WWE and then developmental, and they were gonna have her. And then somebody was like, "Hey, make it Summer Rae." Because for some reason, that's a good idea. Yeah, because that's a great idea. I mean, she's. By the way, have you seen Summer Rae recently? Yeah, she's on red hair. Ooh, I di- I didn't think that she'd look better with red hair, but it makes a <laughs> well, great difference. You're also kind of used to seeing her as a blonde. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she just looks like a generic blonde, but as a redhead, man. She also remi- uh, that also reminded me of when she... Um, that Pairing her with Bray wouldn't make sense, but then again, neither did her with Fandango. No, it, but nobody with it's Fandango like, made they're sense. They're like... You're a woman. With, with her... Dance. With her... They, they're, hey, let's give him the worst gimmick. You know, something that is just terrible. We're going to make you a dancer. We're going to make you a coach, bride, or whatever she is. Sister Abigail. Summer A. Makes no sense. But, oh, God, no. But I, I'm glad they ended up going with her just being a mystical figure. Mm-hmm. Or else a great one would have been Katrina from from Lucha Underground, you know, the ghost of the arena. Oh, yeah, because Katrina was um, played, or played, by, well, played by, fucking played by. Um, she was in WWE as yeah. Maxine. Maxine, yeah. Um, during the NXT, uh, when it was but like she, a reality show, yeah, type crap. And then she is the sister of Melina Perez. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I was looking her up one time on what I saw on Lucha Underground. Oh, oh like, is, is it because familiar? is it because she had those leaks? I gotta look those up now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, no, I was confused because I'm like, she looks familiar as hell. Yeah, like, I know I've seen her, and then I'm like, all right, she's Melina's sister. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, interesting. I was like, that would have been good too if they got Maxine, but I don't even think Maxine's in the wrestling business anymore, or if she is. It's uh, nothing Not, notable yeah. that we can think of. Um. But she was great for Lucha Underground too. Yeah, she she was amazing. But um, yeah, we're not talking about amazing. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Lucha Underground later. All right, I know, <laughs> we could probably do a podcast on that. Too. Oh, absolutely. Um, but oh, anyways, God, that match I watched. Oh. Anyway, um, with Bray, I've there's so much. He's definitely go. If they don't put him in the Hall of Fame, I mean, granted, it is WWE Hall of Fame. They're stupid and they put random ass people that don't make sense in it. Let Snoop Dogg's in there. They needed somebody for the celebrity wing because he he he's, yeah, okay. he's the third cousin of something. Let, let, let's let's talk oh, about. Oh, shut that. up! They they have they have um all these people like they have Stacy Kleber and the Bella Twins in there. 
Miss Elizabeth and Victoria aren't in the Hall of Fame. Why wait, is wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. Mickey really? James is not in the Hall of Fame. I Why feel, is that? I feel like, though, there is, um, for quite some time, they did not put the Freebirds in there, and Michael Hayes was always bitching about it, and then he was getting shit about it. Uh, he, he was like... Yeah? He would be, I'm like, Freebirds, that kind of makes sense if they were in there, as, as a whole. Yeah, um, I mean, but at the same time, they didn't work for WWE. No, but you know, I mean, people are in WWE or in the Hall of Fame that you never really saw. Yeah, exactly, like, like Abdullah the Butcher. I, that ironically, that was the person I was gonna say. <laughs> um, Abdullah the Butcher. You had um, fucking Carlito's dad. I can't remember his name. Carlos. Carlos Colon. Yeah. He never really. He maybe did one spot off thing with them. Yeah, I, I know. I think he was in a Royal Rumble at yeah. one point. So. And I think they put even uh, the original. Um, oh God, what's his name? Mil Mascaras? No. It was a it was a guy known for lucha libre. Yeah, Mil Mascaras. Um, and yeah. the only thing I can remember of him was when he eliminated himself from the Royal Rumble because yep. he didn't want anybody to throw him over, so he dove out of the ring at some people and did a plancha. Which I'm like, I get it, but then it also makes you look stupid. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but like I'm saying, if they don't put Bray in there, you're they're, an idiot. They're absolutely he he's gonna. Be, uh, I'm willing to bet next WrestleMania Bray Wyatt. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He definitely will be Along there, with like, probably the rest of the Wyatt family, too. When they start doing the like, uh, introductions yeah, I like and stuff. Should, um, as a whole. But but I think Bray's going to go first, and then eventually the Wyatt family's going to go in. Yeah. You think it'll start out as an individual, and then yeah. later on it'll be. That being okay. said, do you I think they're going to do like, the double thing? Because they had Ric Flair in there twice, because Ric Flair is himself and then part of... Uh, yeah, the Four Horsemen, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But with Brody Lee. Oh. Yeah. I don't think they'll put Brody Lee in there by himself. That's what I was going to think, because I'm like, I wonder if they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, But there, that also being said, there's a lot of people that refuse to be put in the WWE Hall of Fame, and then they're like, you know what, all right. You've asked me for a long period of time. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Um, I forgot who had said that they didn't want to be in it for like the long ass time. Me. I want her. Shut the. F- that no. No, that's his wife. His will, wife's like, the I, worst. I've read so much shit about that, and well, fuck, we'll talk about that later. But like, I was watching one of the um um, what the fuck is on Vice? What's the name of the show? Dark, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Um, and she mentioned something about that in there, where she's like, "I will never." I will never. They ask me all the time. I will never put him in there. Yeah. Um, another fucking podcast episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he should be hundred percent. I feel like he should be. Um, what's that? The 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 big name that they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what Ray Mysterio is that this year? Random as hell because he's still wrestling. Yeah. I hate that. Like I got I, Ric Flair made sense, Shawn Michaels made sense, Undertaker made sense, which Undertaker, in my opinion, should have been four years ago. Um, Ed, Edge Edge made sense, but now he's but, back. But now he's back because well, he retired. No, he's gone. Yeah, oh yeah, he left again. Um, is Christian in there too? Hall of Fame? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, I, for some reason, I thought Christian was in there, or as like, he, or as a. Edge Egg Christian or something. He did an introductory thing for Edge. Oh, yeah. that's what, probably what I'm thinking of. Um, he, he inducted him like the first time. But Braid is definitely going to be the number one, the big name for yeah. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he'll, get, he'll get the center spot when they do the whole lineup oh, at WrestleMania. Yeah. He'll be in the... 
or JoJo or whoever, they'll be in the middle. I, I feel like JoJo. No, I don't think it was JoJo. I feel like Bo is going to stand out there. Bo, I can no, see I, Bo I, or I Braun. See, I can see Braun doing it. I, I can see Braun doing it. I feel like even if they didn't get Braun to do it. Yeah. I, oh, I can get see. Bo. They should get um. No, Mike nor- normally they. I was gonna say, isn't yeah. their dad still alive? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mike. He was the one that called Triple H. Oh, really? Yeah. That, yeah. Is that how Triple H literally tweeted it and said? That's how he found out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I feel like those would be it. And if they don't do it, they're just fucking morons. That, that yeah, that's a that's a definite um, waste. He's definitely worth Hall of Fame. Yeah. And just because I mentioned it early in this, um, Bray, we love you, but. Terry Funk, rest in peace, too. He was a legend of hardcore, hardcore icon for... He's in his fucking 50s with ECW. Jesus. Um, can't do a moonsault. But anyways, <laughs> still can't because he's dead. Um, Jeez, all right. <laughs> uh, I apologize for that joke. All right, anyways. Um, thank you for everything, both of you guys. Bray, we love, we miss you. Peace. Wait, hold on. And bacon grease. Can I throw something in here quick? Yeah, go for it. Um... This this is just the fact that he was only thirty six. Just people. This just goes to show any day, any time, your loved ones can. So tell everybody you love. Tell them you love them. Call your mom. Call your parents. Call your kids, family, whatever. Make sure the people you love in your life they know you love them because you never know when it can happen. That being said, thank you, Kevin. That's very nice. Um, I gotta look this up quick. Cause I, I, you saying the thirty six part that also just reminded me. I wanted to remember. I forgot how old Eddie was, and I was just thinking about this. He was thirty eight. I was gonna say he was young yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember. Um, but both he, younger than me. So guys, this your twenty seven might be my last day. You just fall over. Jesus! Wow, Walk. that's not funny. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Love you. Peace and bacon grease.